I wanted to start the show off today by saying thank you to you. Several years ago, when I started Game Changers, I had absolutely no clue what it would become. Today, we have thousands of listeners all over the world. I'm constantly humbled by your feedback, messages, and I just, I really appreciate you tuning in each and every week. I have a quick favor to ask. Would you be willing to help others find out about Game Changers? I've been really bad in the past about asking for podcast reviews, so today here's my ask. This is a huge favor to us. If you could just go and write a quick review with Apple Podcasts, that would be huge. It's something you need to do on your phone. I know that's kind of annoying, but you do it on your phone. It's really, really quick. It takes like 10 seconds to do. All you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, search for Game Changers for Government Contractors, scroll down to the ratings and reviews, and click write a review. This helps the podcast get found in search results, and it helps Apple just put it out there for us. So I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you. Thank you for being a Game Changers listener, and let's get into this episode. The big question is this, if government contracting is supposed to be so easy, why do so many companies fail to win even a single contract while others dominate the market? That's the question and this podcast will give you the answers. In today's episode, you go one-on-one with best-selling author and master business coach Michael Lejeune to learn exactly how to take your government contracting business to the next level. Hey, everybody. Let's talk about quarterly planning today. And so usually before I dive into quarterly planning with a client, I always say, hey, have you done any long-term planning? Because long-term planning is when you sit down and you look at, say, 10 years out and you start to work backwards to today. So 10 years from now, I want a company that is X number of employees and revenue and all this kind of good stuff. And we're doing this in the market and all that kind of kind of jazz. And you write out that and then you back it down to, well, if I'm going to do that in 10 years, where do I need to be in five? Then where do I need to be in one? And now that we understand what those milestones look like for years one, five, and 10, then we can sit down and plan your quarter. So the next 90 days. So where do I start quarterly planning? Well, once you've got all that long-term planning stuff done, we want to focus on a review of last quarter. So that's always where I start. And I start by saying, hey, did you accomplish your goals? That's question number one. Because if you didn't accomplish your goals, I need to ask a couple of follow-up questions. Number one is, if not, why not? So what stopped you from accomplishing your goals? Was it you? Was your Were your goals not clear enough? Were they too big? Did you not have the right resources? Did you skimp out on some of the work? Like what caused you to miss your goals? On the flip side, if you did hit your goals, what enabled you to hit your goals? Were they too low? Were they just right? Is it just the chemistry of the team came together just perfectly and man, we just squeaked across the finish line at the final hour. You know, what happened that allowed you to hit your goals? And sometimes you can say, oh, it was this process we put in place. It was this procedure. It was this new tool we purchased. It was, there's all kind of little things. And you may say, you know what? It was really like these eight or 10 things that we did that all contributed to hitting our goals. But I think it's important for you to realize what those things are that contributed. Another question, 
What were your big wins? So what were the big wins that you had in the last quarter? Sometimes it's a contract win. Sometimes it's it's a brand new hire. So you finally filled this project manager role that you've been trying to fill for two years and you finally hit the mother load. You got the right person on board. You're so happy and they contributed significantly to you hitting your goals. The other question around that is how did you celebrate your wins? So just because you had some big wins doesn't mean you celebrated them and and. So I want to ask, how did you celebrate those things? Did you go out to a nice dinner? Did you, you know, buy a round of drinks for the team? Did you send the team gifts because you're all working virtually all over the country? You know, how did you celebrate it? Maybe you did a Zoom call and brought everybody together and just kind of shared some stories and some laughs. Or maybe you, you gave everybody an extra day off when you accomplished that big contract win or whatever it may be. How did you actually celebrate those wins? Because at the end of the day, you've got to celebrate those things and actually enjoy your accomplishments. Otherwise, they don't mean as much. Another thing is we want to review our KPIs. So KPIs are key performance indicators. These are the numbers that go on the scoreboard that drive your business. So what are those important numbers? Are you tracking everything you need to track in order to make sure you have the information you need to hit your goals? So that could have been one of the reasons why you didn't accomplish your goals is you weren't properly tracking all the metrics or KPIs, however you want to put it, you weren't properly tracking everything. So I always want to review my KPIs, make sure I'm tracking everything I need to. And it could be as simple as you saying, what data do I need at my fingertips on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, whatever it may be that I don't have today that would help me make better decisions? And you may come up with one thing, you may come up with five, whatever it is. I'm constantly massaging our KPIs all the time because I find there's more or less data of certain things that I need. Especially when I start a new project, there's a lot of data I need up front to determine if the project's working or not. And then as we go, I can usually scale down the KPIs to say, yes, I do know it's working. It's working at this percentage, this rate, whatever. And so now I'm only concerned about these two KPIs versus the 10 I was initially concerned about. So sometimes you need less data. That's a big thing. Another question for you in the review is what was your biggest lesson from last quarter? So what did you learn? Maybe there was a big thing that, hey, we have messed up three or four times in our RFP process and we finally caught where we were messing up and we fixed it and now we're able to move on. So what's a big lesson or two or three that you got from last quarter? And one of the things that I like to do If you have an executive team, ask them all of these questions. Don't just do this by yourself as the business owner or CEO or whatever. Get the whole team involved in this, which brings me to the last question on the review is how's your team doing? If I were to check in with your team and say, hey, how's morale right now? How are are you doing based on everything that happened in the last quarter? Would they be excited? Would they be worn out? Did you spend the, the last few months going just 100 miles an hour and they haven't had a breath and they're like, I'm exhausted. I need a break and we haven't been able to take one and Christmas doesn't look like we're getting a break and this doesn't look like we're we're only going to get a day off here there and I just need some time off like how is your team doing the mental health of your team is a really important check-in when you're looking at the review for last quarter now it's time to move on and focus on goal setting so 
This is a really important part of this whole piece that most people just kind of gloss over. And so I'm going to give you a couple of pointers here. The first thing is, what are your goals for the next 90 days? And I don't want you to write down 25 things. You could, but if you do write down 25 things, I want you to whittle it down to three to five goals for the entire team. Like what are the most important three to five things? And if you can, whittle it down to just three. What are the three big things that we need to accomplish in this next quarter? So write them down, think them through, prioritize. And even if you only have the three, what's the number one thing? So if we were to drop two of these goals, what is the number one thing we have to accomplish as a company in this next quarter? Now, Here's the next step with your goals is we want to make them as smart as we can. A lot of people have heard the acronym. I'm not going to go through it or I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but it's trying to make it as specific and measurable as you can. There's more to the acronym, but I I don't want to spend all the time on that. So when we're looking at that, we want to take a goal that typically looks like this. This is a normal goal. I want to increase revenue. Now, that's a nice goal, but it's not very smart. So I want to take that normal goal of I want to increase increase revenue and change it to I want to increase revenue by 25% over this year or over last year, this quarter. That's a little more specific. Now I'll get even more is that equals to one and a half million dollars. So now I've put a number on what that 25% increase looks like. And then I can break it down from there to say, hey, 750000 of that should come from existing business. So that means we only need another 750000 from new business. 500000 of that new business is going to come from our number one client, the U.S. Army at Fort Hood. That's really specific. And now $250,000 are going to come from GSA sales. And we're targeting these four clients with these contracts to make that up. I've gotten really specific there versus I just want to increase revenue. It's really hard to measure. And that's why I talk about specific and measure. It's hard to um, to measure an increase in revenue and be happy with it. You can measure an increase and go, well, we did a dollar more than last year, so we hit the goal, right? No. Well, I wanted more than that. Okay. Well, if you want more than that, communicate that communicate what you want to accomplish. And look, even if you don't accomplish the whole thing, let's say you wanted to do 25% more revenue than last year and you hit 24, well, that's pretty dang good. It's awesome to be able to hit pretty close to that. Whereas before the example is we did an extra dollar. Well, that is an increase, but that's not really what you wanted. So communicate what you want as specifically as you can, because the more specific, the easier it is to measure. And that's why I usually talk about just those two letters of SMART goals because those are extremely important for people. The next step in our planning process is to go through and specifically look at sales and prospecting. And so I always want to look at that as its own thing, whether you have your own department for that or whether it's just you or whoever it is. We want to look at sales specifically and how sales, how that department BD, whatever you're going to call it, how is that department or area going to help you accomplish your goals? So first thing you need to do is review and set goals for each member on the sales team. If it's just you, it's an easier conversation, but you need to set goals for each member of the sales team. You need to review sales KPIs and you need to make sure that if you do have people on your sales team, each person is monitoring, tracking their own set of KPIs because you can't improve what you don't measure, but you will absolutely improve anything that you measure. So 
KPIs are good for you as the business owner, manager of the business, but they're really good for the sales team to be able to track their own effort and get improvement in it. The next thing you want to do is make sure you have identified your top agencies, not all the the outliers, but the top agencies that you're going to focus on, the top two or three agencies. That's where I usually focus on. And then discuss your game plan for each one of them. Hey, we've noticed that over the last year, the VA is not only giving a lot of money to SDVOSBs, they're also giving money to WOSBs or whatever the certification is for your NAICS code. And so you're looking at that and you're like, man, we don't have any WSBs in our teaming pool. Okay, so part of my strategy is we need to get two or three teaming partners for the VA that are already working there that are WSBs. Okay, we've talked about that agency. Now let's talk about the next one. And you look at the next one and realize, hey, we're in a position this year. We've won a lot of stuff. We need to move from sub to prime. So what is our strategy going to be to move from sub to prime with the Air Force? You know, what is that strategy? What does that look like? What subs do we need? What contracts are we going to focus on if we're going to make that leap this year with that agency? And then you sit down and do the agent, the other agency. And, and I'm simplifying this for time. You may have several more questions, but that's a good place to start. Teaming partners and acquisition strategies, different things like that for each of your top agencies. Once you have that, the thing I recommend you do is review your pipeline. Existing customers, new customers, go by each salesperson and review their pipeline. What do they have in it for the next 12 months? And the people that don't have a very big pipeline over the next 12 months, those are the ones where you're like, hey, we need to be doing a lot more in pre-acquisition effort to make sure you're filling that pipeline up and building a long-term pipeline versus just having a short-term pipeline. Because the people that only have like a 90-day pipeline, those are the people that are most likely to fail and miss their goals because they don't have a lot of things in their pipeline. So we want to look at their pipeline, examine it, see if it's just got stuff for the next 90 days or does it have you know stuff for the next 12, 24 months in it. And those are the pipelines that are going to be really, really successful. And it helps you talk about the strategies for how do we get more long-term stuff into those pipelines. The next item on our list is really just to repeat what we did for sales for all of the other departments. So if you do have managers, for each other department, even if it's the customer service department, Every department should have a quarterly plan. Every department should have KPIs. Every team should have a written plan. And KPIs should roll up into what I consider the KPI dashboard. So again, whether it's your customer service team, your accounting team, whatever it is, everybody should be reporting up through to the top of the business some set of KPIs, even if it's just one or two things, to make sure that you are all working together towards your common goals. The next step is one that I think a lot of people skip is to review your calendar. Review your calendar with yourself and your team for vacations, holidays, conferences, client travel. Uh, If it happens to be a government Q4 that you're prepping for, make sure that there's no unnecessary travel going on and, and that sort of thing. Put the things in your calendar now, share your calendar with your team and know what's on your team's calendar to make sure we have client coverage all the time and there's nothing that's gonna be dropped because there's nothing worse 
worse than having conflicts on the calendar that we have to deal with at the last minute. So review the calendars in this step. Last but not least, we want to develop a working draft of your plan. So there's no right or wrong in how the plan should look. It may be one sheet. It may be two sheets. It may be focused on your goals and a couple of the action steps that are really important. But review all of your notes and organize your notes. I I recommend you do that first. Then create the rough draft of your plan. Have each department lead create their own rough draft. And don't worry about how it looks right now. Doesn't matter if they all look the same, if they're all a little different. Uh, If you want to use a template and make everybody on your team follow a certain way, that's fine too. But initially, we're just trying to get some rough draft stuff out of the way here. Then once you get that out of the way, review the whole plan at least twice with your team. And then I recommend having your team agree that this is the plan. This is the plan we're all committing to. We all believe we can accomplish this plan. Once I have buy-in from the whole team, then I will print and share copies with everyone on the team. And we want to make sure we do that. We want it pinned up next to their computer or whatever uh, in their car if they drive around a lot. We want to make sure they have a copy of their plan so they can look at it every single day and know what those goals are. A couple of last things here is if you have a coach, send a copy of your plan to your coach so they can help you with the execution as well as hold you accountable to the plan. And then just remember that next quarter you need to repeat this process. And so this is just six really, really simple steps. Uh, now, they may take a little bit more time. In fact, the first time you do this, I recommend you kind of block out maybe two, two and a half days to walk through all of this stuff. That'll give you plenty enough time. If you've got the cash flow, go rent an Airbnb or go rent a couple of hotel rooms on the beach somewhere. Do it in a nice location, uh, maybe up in the mountains, whatever it may be. Take your key personnel up there and really focus on this. Focus on getting that long-term plan, goals, vision, mission, all that kind of stuff. And then work backwards into this plan. And you'll definitely need that much time to work through your process the first time or two you do this. And then maybe after that, maybe you only need to book a day because, hey, we already got our long-term vision done. We just need to review and then start on the execution of the actual 90-day plan. But uh, but block out at least a day as you get going to do this. And if you, if you start working on this and implementing and run into any challenges, reach out to me. I've actually uh, helped facilitate these planning cycles for people before and it's a really good time we really enjoy it and uh, I think you'll really enjoy the camaraderie you get with your team by just walking through all of this and sharing things with them and understanding what are their goals beyond the business and their personal things their family goals that kind of stuff and some people don't want to get into a lot of that and that's okay so they may just want to share hey you know I want to you know grow my income next year by 10 percent 20 percent whatever I want to buy a new house I want to move to Florida whatever it may be and now you're part of a team and you can help each other work towards it. And I think that's where a lot of the magic happens. So again, if you have questions, you know how to reach me. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash game changers.